the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, Backbone Radio, live and local. Here it is, January, make that June, <laughs> June 26, 2022, but it's like kind of cold outside, kind of chilly. Anybody notice that yesterday, today? Overcast, kind of cold. I figure we might as well do some heating things up around here. Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn on board. Glad to be in here. Javier behind the glass and behind this array of monitors. It's hard for me to see him even existing back there, but I can, if I look through between two monitors, there's the man. We've got all the stuff to be going through here tonight. Did you um, follow the news? Is it the end of the world? Because the Supreme Court has indeed overturned Roe v. Wade. I figure for this first hour, we ought to be talking about Roe v. Wade after almost 50 years, I guess technically 49 years of existence, no longer exists thanks to the Donald Trump Supreme Court. And so that is uh, getting the attention of leftists all over America. And are they reacting gently and kindly? And are they vowing to, you know, spend some time to work hard to deal with this new situation the way conservatives have done since 1973 when Roe v. Wade was first enacted. It's been a long, long march, a long bunch of decades of work for conservatives who are pro-life to work to overturn Roe v. Wade, and now that moment has happened. But it does seem like the left, what do they want to do? It's uh, time to riot, is it? It's time to threaten Supreme Court justices, the new ones in particular, up in Longmont at the Pregnancy Center, the Life uh, Pregnancy Center, I forgot the exact name of it, vandalized pretty thoroughly. A bunch of pregnancy centers vandalized across the United States of America. And, well, you get to watch the leftist reaction to political news they do not like in its full Full fury right now. I noticed that Clarence Thomas is being referred to as Uncle Clarence in the media. That was even trending on Twitter. The Uncle Tom thing, you know, of an African-American justice who happens to be by far our best Supreme Court justice. If he does something that the power elite, that the liberals do not like, well, they start engaging in racism in their references to Clarence Thomas. Is that not a shocker, ladies and gentlemen, that the left would be referring to Clarence Thomas now all of a sudden as Uncle Clarence? Hmm. That uh, doesn't shock me all that much, frankly. Another thing that's not entirely shocking is that, yes, Donald Trump deserves all the credit, or if you're if you are in favor of Roe v. Wade, all the blame for 
the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This is President Trump got himself elected in 2016, got to appoint three Supreme Court justices. And um, you're seeing now the allegedly pro-life never-Trumpers, the people who are ostensible Republicans, ostensible conservatives, even some libertarian types, who are very, um, very interested in sharing in the glory of this moment. And Molly Hemingway describes that as stolen valor. <laughs> stolen valor would be the term that would be used for, you know, in the military branches of somebody who did not go into the combat zone or somebody who did not even serve in the military, but yet tries to somehow absorb the valor that was earned by the people who put their lives on the line by going into combat. Yeah, well, uh, you're seeing that a lot from uh, even places like National Review. Yeah, William F. Buckley's once great conservative publication, which has now fallen down multiple pegs and rungs and is now, frankly, not even worth reading, which is why I don't even read it. Your host who started reading National Review in the Buckley era when I was in seventh grade. But watch, (laughs) watch the never-Trumper types who are trying to claim that somehow they helped. They helped with this situation. Yeah, they, the ones that did everything in their power to try to stop Donald Trump from ever getting elected and who did everything in their power to use the Russia collusion propaganda against Trump all the way along in his term, the hoax that that was, 100% hoax. Well, these people now are kind of in an interesting situation in that some of them, they claim to have been pro-life for all these decades, and now Roe gets overturned, and shouldn't they be sitting back and apologizing for all their efforts to block and thwart and stymie Donald Trump and everything he did as president? Should there be some apologies? Liz Cheney, she's come out and she says, well, I've always been pro-life, I've always been pro-life, and she should have maybe taken this moment to congratulate and salute President Donald Trump for what she says. She's strongly pro-life. That's her tweet the other day. She's, quote, strongly pro-life. But um, she did everything in her power to try to prevent Donald Trump from getting elected in the first place and is still doing everything in her power to try to undermine Donald Trump and his legacy, his potential to run again. But um, you see... In my opinion, Liz Cheney's a phony, and she's emblematic of a lot of other never-Trumpers who have used the life issue as a way to um, be a talking point for them, the way Bill Kristol did back in his time at the editor of the Weekly Standard, another never-Trumper, another neoconservative military-industrial complex type, where they used to come out and talk about, well, we're opposed to Roe, Roe must go, Roe must go away is what they used to say. And now that it's actually gone, you know, people like Bill Kristol have actually come out and said, no, 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 this this isn't good. (laughs) They shouldn't have done that. I didn't think that was actually going to happen. So you see, it was a talking point. It was a way to bolster these elite-type credentials with the Republican voting base when they never meant it. They never meant to actually achieve the actual overturning of Roe v. Wade, which uh, Trump 
It took Trump to show up to get that job done. And so never do forget any of this, that part of the reason why the Republican establishment, the rhino types, the never-Trumper types, part of the reason why they loathe and despise Donald Trump is because he is the guy who actually keeps his promises to the public, to the Republican voting base, whereas the uh, the other rhino types know that, that what they do is they use those promises to curry favor with the base, but they never intend on bringing any of those promises to fruition. Do you understand that dynamic? And do you understand how this issue has effectively <clears throat> put Republican voting base in a kind of a prison for a long time? And the amount of deception from their own party on this issue has been pretty extreme over the decades. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And that's just a little off-the-cuff rhapsodizing about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I've got a lot more to say about that as this as this program goes on. Your thoughts are invited, of course, 303-696-1971. Liz Cheney, by the way, too busy begging Democrats to vote for her in her Wyoming primary in August, directly marketing her wares to Democrats in Wyoming and trying to explain to them how they can change parties to vote for her in the Republican primary, isn't that just pathetic? It's so pathetic. It's so weak. It's just so pathetic. Come on, what a phony. At any rate, that ties into another king issue for this this broadcast, and that is if you look deeply and if you look closely, you are seeing that, again, the rhino leadership in Washington, D.C. is kind of actually supporting the bulk of the Biden agenda. Mitch McConnell actually supports the bulk of the Biden agenda, if you look into it a little bit. Of course, they've sold out their base. Cornyn, Romney, Lindsey Graham on the unconstitutional red flag laws. And the Supreme Court had a few things to say about that, which we will talk about during this program. But that uh, a little uniparty explanation coming ahead. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. Yeah, is it the end of the world as we know it, the great R.E.M. song? That's one of my all-time, maybe even in my top ten. Talk about rapid-fire lyrics there, all of them quite interesting. Matt Dunn here, Backbone Radio, Javier behind the glass. And I don't know, Javier, if you have any input on this landmark ruling from the Supreme Court on Roe v. Wade as the show goes on. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts, young man. And, of course, yeah, the left responding in typical leftist fashion. Uh, yeah, they're, they're already talking riots. And it is kind of interesting that the January 6th unselect commission, the January 6th propaganda committee, has taken a little pause. And essentially they've taken a pause to call for an insurrection against Against what? I don't know. But they're calling for insurrection based on the Supreme Court ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade. That's as far as you kind of need to go to understand. I mean, the hypocrisy everywhere on our bodies and on the life issue, it just uh, comes to a fore constantly. You'll notice that all of a sudden the left is talking about women and the women's right to choose. So they're, they're like biologists now. They can define women. They know what women are. They're back on that. After a good solid, what, year and a half of being unable to define what a woman is and, you know, the whole gender business, is it's all fluid these days. 
But when it suits them politically, when the moment suits them, they're right back into uh, the women uh, terminology. So take that for what it's worth. I did notice a little statement from Jared Polis, the governor of Colorado, who's going to be headed for a very, very tough race, I think. I think uh, he knows that it's not going to be smooth sailing this time around, as as you're seeing Republicans um, win all these special elections and strong primary candidates. And mm. Anyway, so Jared Polis tweeted this out, quote, in response to the Supreme Court, Coloradans do not want politicians making their health care decisions. We will continue to choose freedom, stand against government control over our bodies, and will not retreat to an archaic era where the powerful few controlled the freedoms over our bodies and health decisions, end quote. And I don't know, does, this, does the vaccine pop into anybody's mind when we see statements like that? You know, I mean, you have to have the vaccine, right? If you want to work for the government, if you want to travel to Canada, right, Justin Trudeau, this vaccine business was, uh, didn't that have to do, wasn't that a health care decision? Wasn't that uh, involving government control over our bodies? So suddenly that is dropped, too. I mean, we're talking about women now, women, and we're also talking about our bodies in a way that somehow the vaccine is a whole different thing than the abortion issue. I mean, how how do we get to that point, ladies and gentlemen? Of course, you know this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Peggy Noonan this morning on Meet the Press We'll get to that in a minute, but the phones are already heating up. I better start saying hello to everybody. 303-696-1971. Your thoughts invited is all. I'll just go through it. I'll go through it. See what everybody thinks of it. And yeah, if you've been laboring in the pro-life vineyards all these decades, yes, it took Donald Trump to bring this one home. And uh, that's... That's just the fact of the matter. So any never-Trumper who claims to be a pro-lifer as well, to preserve their credibility, they need to come forward and thank President Trump for what he has brought forward today. And actually, maybe maybe I'll play one Trump clip because he had a big, massive Trump rally in Illinois last night. And why don't we just – I just grabbed a few clips from it, and let, let's just hear what – what Trump had to say. We've got some very big news, don't we? We have very big news. Maybe the biggest, right from the United States Supreme Court. Yesterday, the court handed down a victory for the Constitution, a victory for the rule of law, and above all, a victory for life. This breakthrough is the answer to the prayers of millions and millions of people. And these prayers have gone on for decades. For decades and decades, they've been praying. And now those prayers have been answered to the generations of Americans in the pro-life movement, as well as countless constitutional conservatives. Your boundless love, sacrifice and devotion has finally been rewarded in full. Congratulations. And 
There we go. That's how Trump addressed it. And at another part of, of his speech at the massive Trump rally, the crowd starts, uh, starts, starts yelling, thank you, Trump. Thank you, Trump. Listen for that in the background of this clip here. Thanks to the courage found within the United States Supreme Court, this long divisive issue will be decided by the states and by the American people. That's the way it should have been many, many years ago, and that's the way it is now. So congratulations. As for the Republican Party, we are today the party of life, and we are the party of everyone. We're the party of everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Trump, says the crowd at the rally in Illinois. I think they've, they they understand what's going on, folks, and we're here helping spread that word. And why don't we say a little hello to Sandra? Sandra in Loveland, thank you for checking in. Do you have any thoughts on this particular issue, Miss Sandra? Yes. yes, I do. Thank you, Dr. Matt Dunn. Um, it was a glorious day, June 24th, 2022. Um, and thank you, President Trump, for seeing this through and, and uh, choosing those um, Supreme Court justices. And also, on the, the Liz Cheney note and the elites in Davos with Klaus, the Klaus, Klaus Schwab group, yep. um, let them eat crickets. <laughs> let them eat crickets. Yeah. On Thursday, I did a whole thing on uh, the weird passion of the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab types for mm-hmm. eating bugs. And uh, I did make the case that because of uh, the things that Miller moths are capable of doing, that we should exclude moths from human consumption. I made a detailed scientific case for that. But, um, yeah, you see this as a glorious day, the 24th, merely two days ago. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Indeed. It's, it's, I, I'm tired of, of the... Um, the occult of death of, of, of our babies, of, of anyone in our society. We are to, to live by God's grace a full life. You know, and it does make you wonder, and this is something that pops into my head, and I guess it's always sort of been this way, and, you know, I went to small liberal arts college, and it's like a lot of, a lot of young women at that time anyway, this, like their, their number one passion is for uh, the ability to have abortions. That's been such a mm. such a, a, a mm. major passion with so many you know people. And do you does it ever strike you as odd that that would become such a such a high value for so many women in our country over the it, past few decades? Does, it, does this, you step back for that? Does it seem a little weird? Yes, it does. It's almost like they've been brainwashed, and it becomes like you're part of the group if you're in the occult of death. It's, yeah. it's very odd to me. It's um, um, our children are being brainwashed in these little our primary schools now, all the way up through their their um, their college years. Yes, they are, and here comes the wall. But uh, it's it's a strange thing that's happened to our our civilization, and the, the liberal cult of death, as you say, Sandra. I think is a is a great place not to be, and don't fall into that. Thank you. And indeed, in Longmont, Colorado, 
at the Life Choices Crisis Pregnancy Center. It did find itself vandalized this morning. The leftist response to the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade. And by the way, if you'll remember, even RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself, is on record saying that Roe v. Wade is very poorly argued law. And so even RBG had extreme misgivings and doubts about the way Roe v. Wade was passed and became law in this country. And again, it's a way for Supreme Court justices unelected to decide public policy in our democracy, right? The left doesn't seem to want the people to be able to decide what should be policy on this, the life issue. They'd rather have the unelected Supreme Court justices bottle all that up for the last 49 years. See how that works? If it's really a democracy, they should be happy. If they're passionate about democracy, they should be happy that now the states get to decide. Now the people get to decide, not just the unelecteds, okay? So, um, yeah, factor RBG into that. And before the phone lines, one quick point. Peggy Noonan, the former speechwriter for Ronald Reagan, who has since declined and descended into just an establishment swamp creature, one of the most worthless. I, it's just almost impossible to read Peggy Noonan, who has a gifted flair for language. But... Um, she gets everything wrong, basically, uh, since Trump came down the escalator. Most unfortunate. And so, you know, she craves her position in the mainstream media. She gets to be brought in kind of, you know, as the never-Trumper-type ostensible conservative commentator. Long-time Catholic, right? And so Peggy Noonan, when she goes on this morning on Meet the Press to explain about uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, it's it's so funny um, that she... she seems to be like having to couch everything in this timid and hesitant language. And she says, Republicans should use this victory, if you call it a victory, according to Peggy Noonan, of the Supreme Court overturning Roe to change. The GOP needs to change now and become a party that helps women, helps women and repair its reputation among, among women. And I'm just kind of thinking, wait a minute, here we are in the Biden era and we can't get baby formula. We can't get tampons, right? I mean, isn't Biden waging a war on women with the tampon shortage and the baby formula crisis shortage? Moreover, it is men like Leah Thomas who are winning women's swimming competitions at the NCAA level. That's kind of a war on women that the Democrats are waging, if you want my opinion. But let's hear what Peggy Noonan said this morning. That is part of what drove it. Look. You know what the Republican Party should do now? It should use this victory, if you see it that way, to change itself and become a party that helps women change its reputation, become a party that helps women and children, becomes responsible and support. That is so weird. And the thing is, is that Peggy Noonan is getting ripped for that by the left and the leftist, far wacko, liberal, extremist panel on Meet the Press just lit in to Peggy Noonan for making that statement. But, of course, she abandons her own ostensible side in her statements there. And 
oh, the Republicans need to help their reputation with women and become a party that helps women. What? Biden is president. The Democrats run every branch of the House, the Senate. You know, I guess they don't have the, the Supreme Court right now, but you have uh, the left wing in charge of everything and you can't get tampons. Yeah, tampon shortage. You can't get baby formula. Look about a war on women, war on babies. And Noonan still adopts the language that somehow the Republicans are the ones with the problem with women. I don't get it. But that's the price she has to pay to pay to be on the Meet the Press propaganda Sunday shows. And um, you see how they have to couch everything out there. And you see the kind of a cult that Peggy Noonan is trying to exist in. These are cult-like people. And as far as the reputation the reputation of the Republican Party, well, that has been colored and and sort of manicured by the left-wing media that she seems to want to be a part of. I mean, the GOP reputation should be just fine with women. And again, uh, it's the Democrats, the media. If we had an honest media, it would be all about the Democrat war on women, again, for the aforementioned issues of baby formula and tampons and men beating women in swimming events and other sporting events in the Biden era. I'm talking about devaluing women, all of that stuff. That, that's just how it, how it seems to me. But poor Peggy is just out there just uh, with no constituency trying to eke out a living out there in the Beltway. Let's say hello to Linda in Brighton. Reach over and press the button. Linda, welcome to the program. Glad you are here. Uh, me too, and I'm glad you're here too. Right on. <laughs> it's all mutual. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I got this thing about uh, the uh, abortion clinic in Boulder, you know, and that's still going on, and they can still, uh, you know, have their babies killed full term if they want. Mm-hmm. And I also heard that uh, a woman could also kill her baby up to 28 de- uh, 28 days old, you know. And I'm just, and everybody's going to be coming over here for their abortion now, you know? Yeah, well, the states are going to be deciding what to do, and the presumption is, and I don't, I guess I haven't seen the formal declaration from Governor Polis on that, that we will remain a uh, a pro-abortion state, an abortion legal state. I believe Utah and Alabama, and maybe another few states have already then outlawed abortions, and I guess that sounds like democracy to me. You know, mm. let's let let the people decide. But yeah, but I heard Polis was for that. So is he or isn't he? He's for he he no he he's 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 a pro-choicer or a pro-abortion politician. Depends on the day. Has he talked skeptically of abortion? I've never uh, I've never heard that from from the governor. Oh, I don't know. I just wondered if he was going to still allow that. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that that, that that won't be changing in Colorado. I can't even imagine it with a Democrat Senate and a Democrat State House right here in the state of Colorado. Um, oh, yeah. We're not going to be seeing the needle move in Colorado uh, anytime soon, unless I don't know, unless there's like the big red wave in 2022 in November, and uh, they're gonna the left is going to try to use this as a way to motivate their beleaguered Democrat voters who know that Biden has been an epic disaster. And they're they're going to see if they can shore up some of their losses. But one point on that is that you look at even the 
the poll data on all of this that the abortion issue, even after this decision, still ranks way down low on the voter priorities list and inflation and gas prices, the economy. Those kind of issues are way up top. But I know. Not not this one. So it's not going to be the biggest deal that the Democrats are are hoping that they have to shore up their base. But they're sure going to try. They're sure going to make a lot of noise about it. You're going to see it wall to wall in the media all the way to November. So oh, my take anyway. Well, I'm glad I like you. I think you do really well on that program, and I'm glad you're out there talking to us and, you know, giving us food for thought, and I appreciate that. Well, right on, Linda, and I'm glad up in Brighton you found a way to find it. By the way, when uh, Boulder, the abortion clinic in Boulder, uh, did you um, get like an email from them, or how how did you see that information uh, from Boulder? I, I, I listen nothing but AM radio. That's it. Oh, good choice. You're you know, you're one uh, of the high IQ people out there, saving you know, the republic. All the AM stations, that's all I listen to, and I learned so much from different uh, stations, you know. Oh, my God, it's just incredible. That I, I'm so glad I have that because I don't, I don't even watch the news anymore. I think, you know, them, them, the media is like um, <clears throat> sort of lapping rats, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're uh, these days. If you watch the mainstream media, you are far less informed than if you don't, because in fact you are gravely misinformed if you watch no. the mainstream media. And they 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 uh, they won't tell the truth. They cover up, and they're not telling nothing. You know all the good that Trump did. You know when he was in office, and nothing yep. bad that the Democrats have done. You know, and they tell anything that they want to, and you know. And the, and the COVID fear and everything else, they're always putting that fear and propaganda out there. Yeah, I, the I art don't... of teaching people what to fear is what the propagandists, uh, that, that is their mainstay. And it's hoax after hoax after hoax. It's Russia hoax. It's Jesse Smollett hoax. It's the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping hoax. Go down the list. So if you watch the hoax media, you will be less informed. And Linda, you have figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't watch. They get on my nerves. I'm telling you, I, if I if I'm happen to have them on, I start cussing them out. They can't hear me. Well, of course, by the way, know? and you're speaking for millions upon millions of the American people who no longer trust their media. So it's not just you, Linda. It's not just me, host of Backbone. It's millions of us. Be right back. Yeah, the danger zone bringing us back. That. 1986 tune from Kenny Loggins, which is back on the charts because it's featured once again in the new Top Gun Maverick movie, which everybody's watching. And I'll tell you, especially the kids just love it. I mean, they love it. They love the new Top Gun. They think it's like the greatest movie ever made, says my nine-year-old son. And by golly, he might be right. I think they've already passed $800 million dollars in receipts globally uh, for people going to theaters to actually watch the new Top Gun. And I enjoyed it a great deal. And it's great that they kept the Kenny Loggins theme song. <laughs> and and so, of course, I DJ the swim meets and I MC the swim meets. And we had one yesterday, kind of a cold, cloudy, rainy swim meet. We persevered. And I had about a dozen requests to play Danger Zone. So I played it three times. You just have to you hate to be redundant and play the same song, but, you know, we, we just got to give them what they want. You got to give the masses what they want, and they want the danger zone. They want, they want Top Gun, and you can't hardly blame them. 
So great success with for Top Gun, and it's kind of a non-woke movie. It's Hollywood stepping away from the wokeness almost totally in that film. Contrast that with Disney, woke Disney's new movie, Woke Lightyear. I call it Woke Lightyear. It's about, you know, the new Buzz Lightyear film. And apparently it is barely treading water. It is struggling. It is bombing, in fact. And they made it woke. They um, they took away Tim Allen's voice of Buzz Lightyear. Because Tim Allen is like a conservative Republican type. And they didn't want him in there doing the voice of Buzz Lightyear. The woke Disney people couldn't have some some Republican in there doing a voice for their main character. And, of course, there's the woke aspects to the film. I've read about it. I won't see it. That's one the family's going to avoid, like we're going to be avoiding Disney World and Disneyland. Sorry, kids. No woke Disney World for you. <laughs> so Dad won't have to stand in those lines. But maybe uh, there won't be as many lines at Disney anymore as they've gone woke and alienated the American people quite greatly. And if you look at their stock, what it's happened to it this year has gone way down the tubes. Down the tubes. Anyway, so sorry for... Uh, the flop of Buzz Lightyear. I saw that it, it, it has brought in $91 million. It cost $200 million to make. And if they, you add the promotions in to break even, Buzz Lightyear, Woke Lightyear is going to have to get $400 million. It looks like they might end up losing, like millions. Could they even lose $100-plus million on this Woke Lightyear thing? Oh, their stock. Their stock. I'll tell you what. But by the way, we've been talking about Roe v. Wade. And there's a new congresswoman elected in District 34 in Texas, a Republican, a conservative, a Hispanic woman named Myra Flores, who I've been profiling, which is the first real proof of the red wave that is coming, and that the Hispanic community is abandoning the Democrats, abandoning the party of Biden and the leftist wacko freak job extremists in droves. And so they converted a forever Democrat district into a Republican district with Myra Flores. And she came out with a statement. Uh, you know, she's being brought around and uh, speaking a lot to the media right now. And she went on Tucker Carlson. And it's really exciting to see Myra Flores, a respiratory therapist, which is a, an, a healthcare profession that I respect a great deal. She is... Um, She's very pro-life, and she had a few things to say about that. And I thought, what if I, what if I brought just a little Myra Flores in to talk about uh, the victory, the victory on Roe? From Texas. Hallelujah. I woke up this morning praying for this, and I never thought that it would happen. This was a big win, not only for South Texas, because we are pro-life, somos pro-vida, but it's also a big win for our country. If we want to see real change in bringing crime down, we need to raise a generation to respect life in the wound. Esta victoria es para nuestra comunidad hispana. Y si tanto orgullo tenemos de nuestra gente, debemos de defender la vida. Si tanto orgullo tenemos de nuestra cultura, de nuestros valores, de nuestras raíces, debemos de defender nuestra gente. Porque la vida 
no tiene precio. Thank you so much. And now... And I'll pause that there. And uh, just to translate that Spanish, yes, your host, in addition to everything else, I'm also a fluent Spanish speaker. And what Myra Flores does there is talks about uh, somos pro vida. We are pro-life. She says she is so proud of this decision. She says that it is a victory for the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. The Hispanic community sees this decision from the Supreme Court as a victory for itself, according to Myra Flores, and it's a victory for life. And she wants to see communities raise children that have respect for life. And I just hear that, and I just think, boy, that is, the, that is such the right things to be saying and right, and right things to be hearing right now. And guess what? Uh, you know, Democrats, they're already 24%, according to Quinnipiac, in their approvals with the Hispanic community. And if they want to continue their riots and their outrages and all the stuff they're doing about Roe v. Wade, well, do you think the Hispanic community is going to be going to be enjoying watching that? Or do you think they're just going to abandon the Democrats even more heading into November? See, they're in a tight spot. Are the left-wingers, are the Democrats. Let's get to some phone line action. I've got more on Roe. I've got more on all kinds of stuff. But let's let's say hello to Brad right now. And Brad, Brad in Lakewood, thank you for checking in. Welcome aboard. Uh, thank you. And by the way, Myra, Myra Flores' first vote was a good one where she voted against the red flag gun law bill, and she gave a really great speech on border security. But uh, I th- the only way we're going to solve this problem in the Senate with the 15 rhinos, is to bring back the 17th Amendment. Because like Charlie Kirk said the other day, if we if they were still appointed the old way like they used to be, we'd probably have 61 Republican senators right now because you can get upset with Cornyn, Todd Young, or Mitt Romney all you want. All Cornyn's going to say is, I just got reelected, see you later, and he won't care. But if they would have pulled these stunts under the old days where they backstabbed us like they did, the, the states could have recalled them. And... Uh, I know it's it's an uphill battle, but uh, that's the only way I see out of this. Because as long as we have the senators elected to six-year terms, uh, they're unresponsive to the needs of the state and the voters, and they—that's exactly that, right. And John Cornyn could, could could care less. And Sundance over the conservative treehouse blog, which is a truly brilliant thinker, fellow named Sundance is what he goes by, makes that exact same argument. And I need to process that one and uh, process that through a little bit uh, before I just jump up on that. But I think you, you, you make a really good point. And, you know, it was the usual suspects. It was Cornyn. It was Lindsey Graham. It was Mitt Romney. And now we have the unconstitutional red flag laws. I believe Biden signed it, did he not? I believe he did. He signed uh, it into law. And so it's the end of due process, which uh, touches on uh, that's explicitly stated in the 14th Amendment. And it's touched upon in the Fourth Amendment. As well, the end of due process. You know, you can't just go take people's guns without due process. But without that, then they can go take your bank accounts, right? They can go take your car. They can kind of do whatever they want if they don't need due process. If that catches on, which is what the ruling class wants. By the way, Brad, while I have you here, that Myra Flores victory in Texas 34, we don't have much time, but does that, does that strike you as red wave territory? It's going to happen. I, I, I certainly hope so. And uh, one thing I learned uh, in the last few weeks is don't call up the state, your state representatives or senators to complain 
the aides go listen, but they could care less. The trick is you got to call up the Iowa State GOP and ask them to censor Jody Ernst, or you call up the state Republican parties and make your issue about these uh, representatives, because I think... Uh, well done, Brad. And here's the one, but I salute your activism. Keep your phone hot, sir. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.